0: Happy Friday and welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, as we are here every week on Friday, we break down the top storylines, headlines, not only around Husker athletics, but um, around college athletics, even around life. We'll hit on a few other uh, fun topics from now and again. But today, Steve, a big mm-hmm. day for headlines around Nebraska football, recruiting around the in-state. The Huskers get two enormous in-state recruits simultaneously done on a live instagram feed <clears throat> wide receivers isaiah mcmorris and On hall from bellevue west made it official to nebraska uh hayes Fawcett from on three made an awesome graphic as well for them uh kind of highlighting the announcement and you see the graphic there the hayes. I mean, that, isn't that awesome that graphic he he put yeah. together yeah it's and, and they were down in lincoln on thursday night for a photo shoot so I mean, the cat was kind of out of the bag. Um, All these recruits were down here Thursday night. But what a boom for Matt Rule, Garrett McGuire, in-state recruiting, year one of a head coach to lock up Davon Hall, Isaiah McMorris, when it didn't really feel like this was a possibility not that long ago. Not that long ago. Give
1: Give me a timeline on that.
0: About a month ago, about yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I think things were in play with Nick Morris, but it was kind of at a stop with Davon Hall. In fact, his official visit this weekend was not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden things took a turn that this past weekend. About a week ago from today, mm-hmm. um, Davon Hall's dad was at camp with his younger son. Mm-hmm. And I think over that period on Friday, he was able to talk to Matt Rule and then Mike Huffman got involved, and then a lot of things happened. Over the last few days, Davon Hall is is the seventy fifth. Oh, excuse me, he's the sixtieth
1: ranked recruit in the nation according to On Three Receiver. Yeah, four, yeah. I'm sorry, sixtieth ranked receiver recruit in the nation. Four stars. Uh, Isaiah McMorris is the seventy fifth ranked receiver recruit. He's a three star player. Both of them had big time offers. Uh, McMorris, McMorris had OU and Penn State, USC. Uh, Dave Onn Hall at Arkansas and Kansas State, and he got an offer from Tennessee. Um I think – A&M was involved with A&M, Dave Onn Hall. I, I think you look at this class different right away now. Not, not – you know, it's not that these are five-star players, but they're good players and they're in-state players and they're the kind of players' rule needs – if if only to kind of galvanize the fan base, I think it was important.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the best way to say it is you need some names to hang your hat on in a recruiting class and no sure. knock on Roger Gradney or McGahey or, or Ian Buford. Flynn or, but those are guys are good players, but nobody in Broken Bow was talking about them. Right. I guarantee you in Broken Bow today, they're talking about these guys going to Nebraska. I think so. And I, and I'm, Shout out to Broken Bow. I'll take some beer from uh Kinkater, by the way. I think they're located in Broken Bow. Is that but, right? I didn't know that. um But I, I, I think you need names like this to hang your hat on, to build a class, give it some leadership, some local presence. Yeah. And it's already made an impact. I mean, you're seeing Daniel Kalen talking and spending time with Carter Nelson at length. And we'll talk more about Carter. Yeah, we got his headline. But um, think about Bellevue West, though. About a month or two ago, it – all three of these guys weren't going to go there. Quarterback Daniel Kalen, wide receivers Isaiah McMorris, Davon Hall. Now they're all going to Nebraska. What a, what a turn of events. And I wanted to share just a couple numbers with you, Sip, on the Bellevue West program. Uh, Bellevue West, since 2015, has placed 13 receivers, tight ends, and running backs at the Division One and FCS level. Um, you know, you could make the case that Bellevue West now, when you just look at the wide receiver since 2017 alone – They've had eight players sign power five um, over that period. But the number of wide receivers they've had is eight wide receivers go D1 since 2015. Omaha Central used to be I back high in the 80s and the 90s. Is Bellevue West far and away now? Nebraska is wide out high. Well, they're an air raid offense and
1: they, they do throw it around a lot. It's a different, I mean, Daniel Kalen talked to me about this the other day. He's heading into a different sort of offense at Nebraska, more of a pro style attack where they want to get downhill in a running game. Bellevue West is not really like that. They they it's an air raid. It's an air raid offense. That's what it is. They sling it around. Um, so it now it'll prepare Daniel very well because you know Huffman, Sean, asked Kalen to do a lot. They they he asked a lot of his quarterbacks to do a lot at the line of scrimmage, set the protection at the line, choose the direction in the run game, the whole, you know, the gamut. And these receivers will be well-prepared. I mean, Isaiah McMorris caught 90 balls last year, last
0: season, 90. Which was a state record for receptions, and he was 67 yards off of the receiving yards record. And that was his very first year at, at – um, Bellevue West you know his first two years he played Miller at Miller North, North so yeah. he's also won Steve three state basketball titles in a row it's pretty good so yeah McMorris played at Miller North which was more of a ground-oriented offense he was there for hoops I mean that was one of the main reasons he
1: was there right yep and then then he yeah he transferred over to Bellevue West uh on Hall 62 catches last season 62 catches 974 yards by the way McMorris is a 10.65 100 meters
0: guy and Hall is a 6 six two. That's good. Those are good numbers. And Hall is a six ten PR in the high jump. Yeah, that's that's a good number. And he was clocked at twenty two miles per hour at the Tennessee camp. So these are kids that have verified speed on the track. Verified offers. You know, there was a time where McMorris could have committed to Oklahoma. He had a committable path to Oklahoma. Held out. Right. Um, USC was heavily involved, very close to kind of giving him the green light. You look at Hall, Tennessee. If they offered him about four days earlier, he's probably a volunteer.
1: Yeah. Well, he's not. And that's big. And it's fun. It's fun. You know what? The thing I keep thinking about this is fun for Bellevue West. It'll be fun to follow Bellevue West this year with those two guys catching balls from Daniel Kalen, three, three, you know, future Huskers. And, you know, they have a, they have a Caprice Keith, who's a, who's a player in Nebraska's, I think, looking at and Jermaine Green, who's a sophomore to be receiver who, huffman says is kind of on that Xavier. he
0: ran 10-9 as a freshman
1: yeah 10 9, 9. It, 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 kind of a, a xavier betts type trajectory so yes yeah, i think it's fun i mean it's huffman's huffman is a uh he's a fun guy to talk to he's we'll be talking and we'll be talking to him a lot
0: Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. All right, let's go on. Headline number two, it's a big recruiting weekend, a lot going on. Yes. Headlined by Carter Nelson, but I do want to get into Grant Bricks too. But headline number two, can Nebraska close the deal on Carter Nelson this weekend? There are a lot of promising clues, I guess you could say. Number one, I'll start with Memorial Day weekend. Daniel Kalen. And Carter Nelson spent time together in Lincoln. They keep regular communication. This past week, Daniel Kalen and Carter Nelson have been together all week in Omaha. They went to the College World Series together. They were in Lincoln on Thursday night. They'll be in Lincoln all weekend with Dave Vaughn and Isaiah McMorris. This is fresh off Georgia, Penn State, um, and Notre Dame. Is three visits he's taken before Nebraska. Is the are these relationships enough to help Matt Rule? close the deal on carter nelson well nelson the reason we i mean just you got to start
1: off with the fact he's a top-rated player in the state and and there is you know there's some pressure to get him right of course there is there should be there should be some pressure on the tight ends coach to get this kid locked down um this is the kind of i mean not just because he's the number one player in the state i mean georgia is setting aside a spot for him and i would and I think when we went there when we went to Ainsworth to visit with him, you could tell it wasn't going to be easy for Nebraska that this wasn't a gimme this was not going to be a gimme putt. That that, that that you could tell from his answers that this was something that he was going to think through Carter Nelson um, when what what we went up there in
0: January, correct? Yeah, January right right as things kind of took off right and it but it was immediately was it February.
1: Might have been February. It was winter. It was, it was February. February. There's about twelve inches of snow up there. Um, but we, we, I think you, you you, you came away with it this, from it the same way I did. It was he was very guarded, right? He was very. It was just very clear that he didn't want to say too much about anything. He was he's very affable. But he chose his words very carefully. He was really good at it. I mean, I, like he was coached through it. I don't know if he was or not. He just might be very intelligent, which, by the way, is is a good sign. He's an
0: intelligent kid. I mean, there's just a lot of things that I think Nebraska has an advantage on. Well, number one, obviously, these relationships with the guys I talked about. Does he have those kind of relationships with the other recruiting classes? I don't know that, but I wouldn't think I would not think so. The distance. Yeah. Um, just thinking about. If his family ever wanted to see him play, it'd be very difficult where they live in Ainsworth to get to a lot of these places regularly. To Georgia, <laughs> he's got a girlfriend, I believe. That's a Wayne State volleyball player. Okay. I mean, so he, there's a lot of factors involved here that helps Nebraska. You mm-hmm. know, and and can they close it though? That is the key, and I I think Matt Rule understands what this would mean. I think this would give them another bell cow. It would be by far their highest ranked recruit in the right, class right. to get him. And it would boost their class up two or three or four spots. Right now today, they they went from 30 to 22 with these commits today. Right. So it would be important right out of the gate. Then you just got to kind of see what kind of football player he, he
1: evolves into. But right out of the gate, it would be important for the program. I mean, I, mean, I, I know sometimes the sports drivers we just say the blatantly obvious things. But it it would be.
0: And it's something to
1: watch very closely.
0: Yeah, and then I want to bring up Grant Bricks from Logan, Grant Bricks. Logan Magnolia High School in Logan, Iowa. Um, he just visited Alabama on an official visit, not a, not a camp workout or unofficial. Gets an offer from Nick Saban in his office after the visit's over. So Alabama yeah. offers Western Iowa native Logan Magnolia. Isn't it amazing you got an, an Iowa offensive lineman that the Hawkeyes aren't even in the picture with, and Alabama is in the picture with Nebraska. So now, Kansas State is the perceived leader right now, and the RPM I think is fairly accurate mm-hmm. um, at this moment. He's made by far the most visits to any school um, to Kansas State. He wants to major in agricultural um, studies mm-hmm. and Kansas State's a great place for that. Nebraska would be a great place for that. Alabama showed him a plan to kind of lay down that idea. I think the thought is he's going to stay closer to home. I think it's a. I think today it's probably more a K-State versus Nebraska battle, uh, but the Alabama offer should get your attention.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is fun, Sean. Top-rated player in Nebraska here this weekend. Top-rated player in Iowa here this weekend. Um, so let's see who, who can win that battle.
0: Nebraska's at 17 commits, though, right now. And, you know, 17, I think it's fairly foreseeable that they will be over 20 by the weekend's end. I don't know. By who, weekend's end. I, well, yeah, because the dead period. And yeah. well, I mean, the, these but kids can commit during the dead. Period. Everyone has this. Yeah, they can. Yeah. But coaches kind of squeeze it out. I mean, yeah, everyone has this fantasy of recruiting that they want to hold it out as long as they can or take it deep. The process doesn't really allow you to go very deep because of the spots, right. and the transfer portal, and the dead period, oh, yeah. and the visits. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be pretty special to hold it out all the way. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's an interesting point, Sean. It's like going out with your family on a Friday night, and you can get in a reservation at a nice restaurant, an open table, but you don't want to take it because you're holding out for that other
1: restaurant, Yeah.
0: hoping that maybe you can slip in that restaurant. Kind of a risky move. And you might get a table. You might get a seat at the bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But... <laughs> By the way, that's a good one. Always take a seat at the bar. That, that's D- really if you're by yourself for sure. Okay, yeah, if you're by yourself, that's kind
1: of a big. If. That's what When's I did in last College time?
0: Station, really when we were, when I left you and Greg when we got in about nine thirty. Oh, 7. you just you just went to the bar, went to the Republican Steakhouse and sat at the bar. The Republic, excuse me, the Republic. The Republic. So that's what you did. You just took a seat at the bar and watched. And they served you and watched an A and M baseball game.
1: Yeah, and you can they'll serve you there. I've I've pondered doing that. There's been times where I thought on a whim, I want a steak. And I just thought about going into Outback and sitting at the bar.
0: That's the way to do it. Go to Misty's, Texas Roadhouse, any of these places like Tavern 180. We're going to Tavern 180 tonight, by the way. That's that should be good. Oh yeah. You're living a you're living a bigger time life than I am. <laughs> You'll be at Chili's or I think
1: I'm going to I'm going to a taco food truck at seventieth and Havelock is what I'm doing.
0: And you're in this for the record, Steve's being real. <laughs> like yeah, I am. I'm this going is not the,
1: like I'm going. I'm going to the taco truck at Casey's on 70th and <laughs> right, Let's go. And you're going to just eat Wagyu steak. I got to change up my life a little bit, Sean. <laughs>
0: Headline number three, Uh, CBS Sports has Nebraska right now going the over. The over-under win totals right now is six. They had Nebraska this week at seven. Um, They laid out the wins. Tom Fornelli. So here's the deal, Sean. Tom
1: Fornelli, CBS Sports, went through every team. And I think it was Caesars that sets the over-unders. And they set Nebraska's at six. Fornelli, who's been doing this, he does this all the time, Sean. Every summer, I can I can remember. He he set Nebraska over. And if you dispute it, I would say
0: to you or anybody, just look at the wins that he picked. He's got him going six and one at home. Yeah. With the Michigan game being a loss. He's got him winning at Colorado. So one road win, one home loss, losses. On the road at Michigan State, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and I, I think Michigan State's a winnable road game. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think Minnesota. I mean, just the unknown elements, they could win the opener. It's not do I, it I, this way for the listeners.
1: Here, here's what I'd say: here's the here's the wins he projects: seven. CU, which come on, they should right. Northern Illinois was three and nine last year. Louisiana Tech three and nine last year. Iowa in Lincoln. Just beat them in Iowa City, Maryland. That's tough. I mean, that's the striking. They get music. great timing, though. Yes, yeah, great because they play Penn State the week before. Right, Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern. Now beat you last year, but that was Northwestern was Nebraska in eleven last year. Okay, <laughs> then Purdue, which won eight last year, but lost John, everybody. Right, one eight last season was six and three in the Big Ten and won the West projected to win four no no they set the number at five and fernelli picks under i think he did anyway let me double no he projects over excuse me but they only project five for purdue so yeah i think if you just look at it that way if you look at those seven games I, you'd think Nebraska has a
0: very good chance to win those games. I noticed though, like on a lot of his big ten picks, he has the over on several teams. So it's like he you can't have everybody be the over. <laughs> the same I thing. kind of like, wait a minute, who are the like if you well actually,
1: he has now interestingly, he has Minnesota under at seven.
0: So he has him going seven. six and six. Yeah, he has him going six and six. But he had Iowa over, Wisconsin like, did he have Wisconsin over? He had Wisconsin over at 8.5 like what are we going off of on wisconsin here like that was one of the worst wisconsin teams that we've seen since nebraska joined the big 10 last year you're going off braylon allen
1: and you're going off the qb transfers yeah mordecai they have they have mordecai at quarterback now and you're going off defense well that offense worked though in this league when he gets cold, more of a spread offense. They'll keep running; it'll just be a different kind of a line. Yeah, no, he'll he'll just. He's, I mean, Luke Fickle's a Big Ten guy. They'll run it. I, um, I just to answer your question: Who was under? <laughs> Rutgers, the numbers four. He had them under. Northwestern was under. Northwestern at three point five. He had him under. Okay, he had Minnesota under, and he had Indiana at four under. That's it for Tom Allen. Then, if that's right. That'll be it. What, what about Fitzgerald? Well, if he, what if he goes under 3.5? 2 and What's ten? It? Let's go as two and ten. Yeah. So that would that would be three straight
0: years of fewer than three wins,
1: three I, or fewer. Three. I or don't
0: think wins. he'd ever get fired there. I he think might, may, might leave. Kind of a diplomatic exit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That might be that's might be what you're looking at there. Maybe
0: he'd move it into a different role. I don't know.
1: I mean, how how if you're a Northwestern fan, how would you stomach three straight seasons of three or
0: fewer wins? The portal era has just killed them. Right. Like you can't just transfer to Northwestern. Mm -mm. Like Juco guys obviously can't go to Northwestern based on their academic admissions. And if you're a transfer to go there, you've got to meet the standards. So in this portal era, they'll lose guys and they can't really replace them. Same with Stanford.
1: Those and Bandy. Yeah. Those schools are interesting. I hope people understand, Sean. I was talking to the Colorado beat writer yesterday. I hope people understand how much different the worlds are at Northwestern and Stanford and Vandy. I guess, um, like Stanford has one writer that covers them full time, and he's a freelancer. Okay, keep put that in perspective. For like the Chronicle or the San Jose paper, or- San Jose Mercury News has a has a freelancer. As their beat writer. And he's the only full-time – I know this because the Colorado writer called me yesterday. He was calling all the opponent writers. And he said, yeah, it was kind of hard to do Stanford because they don't really have anybody that covers them full-time. Like an expert. And isn't there a play-by – do they have a play-by-play guy? Well, sure, they have a play-by-play guy. But Northwestern, as you know, it's a similar situation. They don't. They really don't have much media covering them. Oh, no, it's, it's Louis Bakir? Yeah. And then that's it? I mean, see the, it's so. See how different that is than a place like this? I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible, the difference. The Pac-12, there's a lot of that. The Pac-12 just doesn't generate as much interest, a lot of those schools. I mean, obviously, Washington
0: does and Oregon does. But but after that, Sean, how many? I mean, how many? And USC, UCLA left the right. conference. Exactly. Colorado right now, I mean, there's a lot of people covering that team remotely. You know, there's a lot of remote Deion Sanders coverage, but – well, not a lot of boots on the ground and Boulder. No, no. We're in a pretty unique situation.
1: But the Big Ten, other than Northwestern, for instance, that writer in Colorado was struck by just the interest level in the Big Ten compared to the Pac 12, just the overall stadiums full, um, just week to week
0: interest. I, I mean, we, we should never take it for granted. Sean. God, what's going to happen? I mean, the Pac 12 situation is so bizarre right now because yeah. they keep like delaying the release of the media rights deal, which to me is obvious. Why? Cause it's going to be so poor. Well,
1: and that's kind of why I brought this up because it all goes hand in hand, right? I mean, these schools that don't have much coverage, the stadiums aren't full media, rights close, deals. the people just don't football's not as big a, in that culture, in that world that, that it is at ours. And it and that it isn't a big 10 again. Yeah. Washington is big. Oregon. It's big usc it's pretty big ucla you went to a game at ucla where nebraska played what the stands look like to you sean there's hardly anybody there
0: well think about like our show we're gonna get 15 20 000 views downloads on this show yeah if we were doing this at stanford oh god we'd be lucky lucky 700 to get i mean lucky yeah and look at the population here and look at the population there That's intense here it's not
1: intense there
0: yeah it's uh that will be in inter- the pac-12 media rights thing though. i'm fascinated because i do think it's going to come to a head here has to like this week right june 30th is yeah. coming up and the san diego state thing is going to like kind of wait well they gave their notice to the mountain west and they're they out. wanted a one month extension oh to like let things play out and they said no so june 30th they're out you of know, the Mountain West, for, yeah, that's their that's their notice, mm-hmm. and they have to pay seventeen million. It, it, and if you waited, it would double, man. So, like, they had to make it a. And the Mountain West is playing a little hardball here too, knowing kind of what's going on. But like, if you're the Mountain West, like, what if the Pac-12 implodes? Then all of a sudden, the Mountain West becomes the Pac-12, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of curious decision
1: by San Diego State, actually.
0: Well, they could go to the Big Twelve too. Uh,
1: yeah, they hope.
0: I mean well I no they, they could go to the Big 12. Could they? I mean look at their basketball team. Yeah, they're they're and that would fit. The and then big the Big 12 wants Gonzaga for basketball. I mean there's a lot of things for the Big the Big 12 all of a sudden has become attractive for a lot like Arizo- Absolutely. Arizona. Absolutely. And they got a good they got a good television Colorado. Deal. Their television deal is excellent. Now Arizona has like an outside I mean I, I'm not saying this is going to happen but they they think that they can be in the discussion for the Big 10 because they're an AAU institution. Yeah. I mean Oregon and Washington, to me, are—I don't want to say foregone conclusions, but I wouldn't say that. I would be more surprised if they're not in the Big Ten. Like I I just think that's that's, a good way to put it. That's going to happen. Like I think it's going to happen at some point or another. Mm -hmm. With threats to
1: our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: But All right, let's move it on. Headline number four. Okay. Nebraska Chancellor Ted Carter has a new role. It's official. We had talked about this already, Sip. Um, but now he is the grand poobah, not only of the University of Systems, but he oversees all athletics and structurally, orga- organizationally, uh, well, he's not
1: the AD, but <laughs> um, the
0: athletic director reports to him, right? Not the chancellor. Right. So structurally, yeah, this is a much different setup Wait, than D. we've ever seen before yeah. and is it a sustainable long-term model, or is it just because it's Ted Carter that's the model right now? That's the, that's the question. I guess that's
1: the question. Some people would also say, Sean, that not everybody likes this because it's putting a lot of power. Maybe that some would suggest to the putting too. Well, no, they're just they're suggesting that it puts too much power in the hands of Ted Carter, and would maybe distract him from academia. Um. There's always going to be naysayers, but this is about Ted Carter. A better way to put it, with all due respect, is he'll provide policy direction and oversight to Husker Athletics. He's not running it day to day.
0: That's you still have an AD, but he'll get the seat on the COP, the Council of yeah. Chancellor and Presidents. Yeah. You get one of those people per school. That's 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 a powerful position. And you get to be in those meetings with the Big Ten commissioner and the other C.O.P. representatives.
1: Right. Now, and, and I'm just trying to talk in very layman's terms here, so forgive me if it sounds a little crude. There are presidents and chancellors that have never run a mile, never done anything that would resemble sports. They don't know too much about the sporting realm. I would get I'd guarantee you and I'm only I'm not even I'm not just this isn't off the top of my head. It's not like I don't talk to people. Ted Carter will be influential with Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner out of the gate. Petiti will lean on Carter because Carter has an athletic has has a background in athletics. As you would say, he's a dude. He's a dude. He has a background in athletics. He's, you know, he's a captain of the U.S. Naval Academy hockey team, which he kind of plays down, but. I mean, he was a captain of a hockey team. He's, he's a competitor. He, he flew 125 combat missions in Iraq and Afghanistan and Kuwait and Bosnia and Kosovo, Top Gun, graduate of the Navy Fighters Weapons School. Um, he's very in tune with, with the athletic realm. He studies it. I met with him. I mean, you know, you know I met with him in his office a few weeks ago. He studies this stuff. He knows. I, I was struck by how much he knows. He knows the nuances of NIL and a transfer portal. He knows what I mean, come on. How, how big of a factor you think he was in hiring Matt Rule?
0: Fairly significant. Yeah, I mean, I'd say very I, I don't I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm not sure Ronnie Green had much, if any. Um, well, he's on his way out. Like, and they 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 internally had to know that, right? I think so. So Ted was heavily
1: involved in that. I mean, Ted was come on. It's Trev's hire. He's a D. He has to make it work. He, Trev has to. At the end of the day, he's responsible. Um, what Ted, now Sean, you will understand this completely. What he emphasizes is that you have to have alignment for the sake of football, in specific, but also athletics in general. It really helps to have the these people in alignment, president, chancellor, A.D., coach. At Nebraska,
0: how how often has that been the case? Well, we thought it was the case with Hank Bounds and Bill Moose and Scott Frost. And I think to a certain extent there was alignment. I think it got misaligned pretty quickly. Hank Bounds, Ronnie Green, Bill Moose, Scott Frost. Like that, Yeah, at the very beginning of that, era people said like this is the first time everyone's been aligned i think covid i think covid got it out of
1: alignment a yeah and
0: then i think moose's leadership style of kind of not being around a lead over covid right and then, well i don't
1: think moose and frost were aligned i think it it quickly disintegrated between well, moose and
0: frost frost and, and um jared lamperick i mean they they took over the the covid Protocols, and then what happened with Frost in Oklahoma? Frost tried to dip out of the
1: Oklahoma series game. The game, well, come to find out, Moose was not on board with that. Now that's that's called misalignment. Okay,
0: your car's out of alignment at that. And point. I, I think Frost was on his own on that. I, I can tell you, others around, not no one around him thought that was a good he idea. He did not read the board well, like. But, I think he understood he needed to get some momentum, but that was not the way to go about doing no, it. And, and, and Bill Moose was adamantly opposed to it and then took the
1: bullet publicly. Took the bullet publicly and said, you know, smoothed it over. Like, I mean, God bless him for doing that. It probably took years off his life. Now, alignment. Back to alignment. The, the most glaring examples of misalignment at Nebraska that really played a huge part in bringing the program down, that you can, you can credit Harvey Perlman. Because Perlman was not, he wasn't in alignment with the head coach at all. He was not in alignment with Frank Solich. He was not in
0: alignment with Bo Pelini. No, he was in alignment with Bo Polini at the beginning. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that. When Tom Osborne, because, <laughs> well. No, <laughs> I don't think he was ever in alignment with him.
1: I don't think, I don't think he wanted him to succeed. Okay. No, no, they weren't in alignment. They were never in alignment. You had an AD that was in alignment with Bo. But how do you think Perlman and Osborne were?
0: I'll say at the beginning, Perlman knew he needed Osborne. He needed beginning. him. That's fair. He needed That's him. Fair. He needed him to calm the waters in 07 with Steve Peterson. Mm-hmm. He needed him to help hire a football coach, and then it, and that and happened. Then, then he needed Osborne and the success of the football program to play a key linchpin to get Nebraska in the Big Ten Conference. Great he needed. Point. He needed Great. Osborne to be able to talk with Jim Delaney and Barry Alvarez, yeah. like all you can say the grand Spaniard and the Jim Delaney and Perlman, but Osborne to me still was so key in the big 10 move. But when that
1: all fell into place soon after that, that's what when happened? the ball
0: rolled. Yes. What happened? So in 20, Osborne was essentially forced out. Then in 2010, that night at Texas A&M happens. Right. Bo Pelini, um, you know, gets penalized. Nebraska gets penalized. It was like sixteen to one. Yeah, and Bo loses his mind and had the Martinez episode on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And then on that same next Sunday morning, Chancellor Perlman on his own, called the Associated Press's Eric Olson mm-hmm. and just went off. I mean, we well, didn't. Yeah, he kind of dr- dragged Bo through the mud. That was also the night where, like, Carl Polini took that camera from mm-hmm. the photographer on the field that was mm-hmm. like taking pictures and he threw the guy's camera. I mean, that but was we, a bad night. We've covered generally a mess. Do world. you remember that that deal with the photographer? It was a complete mess, and I, I remember it vividly. They like tried to deny it happened, right. but then there was like one of those high field like screenshots, and it showed him like taking the camera. It was like, yep. uh, right. right. <laughs> it was like that was a. I, I
1: don't like to cuss on the air, but that was an S show. It was. Now, so a classic quote from Ted, or maybe not. Sorry, we got a little off tangent there. Yeah, a classic quote from Ted. Well, maybe not classic, but an but important quote. He said, when you have alignment, then culture has a chance. Athletic department culture. If a coach, and he's talking about football coach, if a coach is doing it all on his own, good luck. That's what he said. If a co- and, and that's what Bo Pelini was doing, all on his own. Do you have support from i at the end? Do you have support from
0: I-Course? Do you, you have support from Perlman? No, he was doing it all on his own. Good luck. Well, and, and think about how i was hired. Tom Osborne was led to believe he was going to have a hand in naming his successor as athletic director. Mm-hmm. Did Frank Solich have support from Perlman?
1: No. Did he have support Peterson. from – Did he ha- Perlman was the, was the chancellor. Did he have support from Perlman? No, 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 Do or you have Peterson. Support? Do you have support for Peterson?
0: No, none. Well, think about Sean it was, I- he was on his own. Think about Sean Eichhorst, Harvey Perlman, and Mike Riley. And then Hank Bounds from his position saw that it was such a bad fit that he stepped in right. and and Nick stout made the decision to to get rid of Sean right. and then to get rid of Riley. I don't like the
1: topic. And I and I hope people aren't offended that we bring it up. It's important, though, because people ask what happened to Nebraska football. We're talking about what happened to Nebraska football. What what led to its demise? Right now, we're talking about what led to its demise. That's what we're talking about. A lot about. of
0: people wanting to take the credit for bringing it back.
1: Well, God only knows what.
0: Or other. I, I
1: don't I don't know what Harvey Perlman's motivations were, Sean. It's not that simple. I, I think it's more complicated than that.
0: I think getting in the Big Ten, that was a big deal for him. I mean. Yeah.
1: But I think it was academically driven. Not. It, he wasn't. This wasn't a
0: big football move for him. So he used the football program to get in for academic purposes. Yeah. And and I mean, think about do they get in the Big Ten without that endomic and Sue 9 season? Well, oh, maybe not. I mean, the they had their best season since the 01 Rose Bowl season on the one year that they were in play to join the Big Ten. And they're real. I mean, that was a real team. That was a team that was national championship level they, mm-hmm. they they lost some games early in the year they had a poor offense but they could play with anybody in the country they proved it Then mm-hmm. that's what they that's what they were selling to the big 10 this is the program you're going to get yeah yeah
1: and it was a real program
0: and then in 2010 it was the same deal they were that good in, 2010. Good in 2010 they yeah. were ranked in the top five yeah. they've been ranked in the top five for a grand total of one week since the 2001 rose bowl it was during the 2010 season think about and, and, that yeah, and you look at the guys they had they had they had dudes. Think about that secondary in 2010. Amir Abdullah. And you had Levante David on that team. Yeah, we had serious dudes. All right, let's. uh. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices.
0: Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Final headline, headline number five. It is the dead period starting on Monday. So this is the final weekend. What's going to go on? What's next for Nebraska? Um, and you know, you look at the NCAA recruiting calendar, you you know, the whole entire month of july is dead then it opens back up at the very end or there's a seven day period that you're allowed to host visitors so you can technically bring in a few more visitors at the end of the month but for the foreseeable future there's going to be a month of nothing no recruits no visitors so this is when if you're matt rule you say coach go to florida with your family go golfing coach satterfield go fishing whatever you want to do, get out of here for a month. You guys need this. You think about a college football coach and the schedule they live. Mm -hmm. February is a dead month, but then March recruiting, April recruiting, spring recruiting, May spring recruiting, June camps, recruiting visitors. Here we are now. Yep.
1: Now, some of those guys, there's phone calls that are allowed, right? Yeah. There's
0: phone calls allowed anywhere.
1: Yeah. And that I've talked to enough coaches over the years that even July they're, they're taking calls, but if the spots fill
0: up, mm-hmm. you know Nebraska's at seventeen. But you're well. always looking ahead
1: twenty twenty five. I mean, there's
0: always kind of, yeah. But you're, I know what you're saying. It's, it's
1: no, it slows dramatically. I'm just all I'm trying to convey is that it never really goes. Oh, well,
0: I, I mean, I when I go on vacation, I work every night. Still, right. like I we don't I don't go on vacation. Yeah, Matt. I, mean, Ruhl, I, I understand.
1: Right, Matt Rule did though. I mean, he looks forward to some downtime. He should. God, I mean. I I would counsel him you need it I mean you gotta have it
0: they've hosted roughly 35 plus official visitors after this weekend you get 56 so they have about 20 and change for the season for the transfer portal too not just the season
1: oh really yeah so you gotta pick those but if
0: you have 20 some commits or 19 to 22 let's just say a range then then you're pretty selective on who's coming in the season yeah and then the transfer portal is what you focus on in December. You know what, Sean?
1: That's organization because we've seen it too often here. Now I'm going back. Oh, I'm going back to the Solich years and the Pliny years where it was a scramble. Remember? Are you with me? Oh, yeah. It was a scramble that they didn't have. They didn't get enough done going into the season. And then you're trying to hold on to your job. You're trying to, you're trying to save your job and and save the class it and it was it was too i just thought it was too much get it in place now now you can it's easier to get it in place now
0: because june's so important well the june visitors have changed it to right um, june it's, official visits didn't start happening until the 2018 cycle um, but you think about what recruiting is now it's you bring we lived it when all these recruits came up here in march march and april you're trying to get all your key guys here. Even in January, if you can get them here in January. Mm-hmm. But for Nebraska, they've got to get guys here in March and April. And you got to get them back in June. And you got to lock them up in June. Yeah. I mean, then, then, in, then you go dead. And then during the regular season, you might bring in guys for official visitors. But you're talking younger guys coming in now for unofficials.
1: Yep. So there's the calendar.
0: So it's um, the dead period. Um, and Matt Rule, we talked to him about this. He wants those guys out of there he wants the team to not have the presence of the coaches there yeah. all summer. July
1: is in critical for leadership among the players that's that becomes Reimer's team and pick an offensive Turner Corcoran maybe or Ben Hart or uh, it, it becomes Jeff Sims what? team in July it's it's the leaders that really have to grab hold of the
0: situation in July because the coaches are gone. And if I remember right, did he say that they do a retreat with his teams? Like they've done that before, where they do like senior Un- senior retreats. Or, I don't know that. You know, like,
1: I, I, Sean, I, don't I thought know. he I never said, heard he
0: him told said it, but you know, like he he's got a different way of doing leadership things, like mm-hmm. with get-togethers, dinners, retreats. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a senior deal where he takes, you know, he, he tries to build his team and um, you know going into the dorms. I am fascinated by that's really July thirtieth.
1: So they will all for the uninitiated or people that missed it. And Nebraska will be as a team in the dorm starting July thirtieth, and it'll last almost two weeks, if not two full weeks. And that means coaches everybody together in a dorm in a dorm for two weeks.
0: I wonder if that like falls down all the way to like the equipment staff or if it's just you, like yeah, j Terry in there. Or like the recruiting staff. You you wonder like how deep that goes. Right. Yeah. I don't know. If you just keep it at the core players, core
1: staff. I don't know
0: but yeah that's going to be a fascinating thing we have big 10 media days later in july we don't know who's going to that yet do we nope so we'll know that later on but um busy weekend we'll have lots of recruiting coverage on huscaronline.com uh, make sure you check us out right now uh get on 9.99 a month 100 dollars for the year that's our current offering uh check out huscaronline.com we'll keep you up to date with all of the latest here uh, with the recruiting news for Steve Sippel. I'm Sean Callahan signing off here for another edition of Husker Online Headlines.